Hawk, wake up, man. Oh, Hawk. The masks, the masks. Oh, Blade? Blade, is that you? Yep, it's me, oh. Blade. You saved me. Thanks, man. Yeah, what the hell is going on? I was I was kidnapped. These these guys I was okay, so I was leaving the rock and roll library the other day, and these guys in, in jumpsuits and masks came and grabbed me and put a bag over my head and took me away. Why do they do that? I I don't know. They said they said they were they said they were banned from the rock and roll library. They they were banned from the rock and roll library? What'd they do? They 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 do graffiti? Do they smoke cigarettes inside? Do they? Oh, they must not return their books on time. No, it was it was it was much worse than that. They, worse than that, returning their books on time. Yeah, they they refused to remove their masks to get their picture taken for their library cards. Oh my god! I mean, these are real hardened criminals here. We're dealing. With. You can get banned for that. Yeah, you're banned. Oh. I know. Weird. Uh, the place has a lot of weird rules, though. But yeah, it is. I mean, it's a rock and roll library. I mean, we're new. We're new around this library, so who, it's good to who know, are we to say? I mean, it's good to know for if we were to go on Halloween or something, mm -hmm. and they just don't let us in. We'll know why. It's because of the mask rule. It's like a one-shot deal. I huh? like one time you're I banned. I don't know. It seemed like it. you know what they could have just been saying that they seemed really odd. They were mm -hmm. they were they were odd fellows. Okay. So so. I I get to there I get to like this basement and they take the mask off me right well I guess it wasn't a mask it was more like a pillowcase they didn't let me use one of their masks mm. and 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 I I couldn't believe what I was seeing these these people with their masks on there was it was a there one was a clown but it wasn't like any other clown I've seen before it was scary and hideous one was a jester. But it wasn't like any other jester I've seen before. Wait a minute. These are these are different. The clowns yeah, and jesters are different guys. Two different guys. One was a uh, clown and one was jester. Then then there was then there was a a, a, a spiky pinhead, and it wasn't oh. like any spiky pinhead I've ever seen before. Oh my god! And there were, then there, there was a pig man, half pig, half man, and it wasn't Wait. like any pig man I've seen before. Oh my god! So it wasn't like the normal words a pig. With a guy's head. Yeah, no, it was it was a guy's body with a pig's head. Holy, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, this is this is nuts stuff. And uh, and Max Weinberg's son was there. Larry. Yeah, something like that. I don't forget his name. Huh, what was he doing there? I don't know. I think he's a part of that group or something. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with him. Huh. But so, but what they didn't realize. That you may be interested in is mm. I was I was secretly recording some of our conversation. Oh man, you said a, a recorder with you? Yeah, I had I had, a, I had a recorder in my pocket, and I hit the record button when they weren't listening, and I got some pretty juicy stuff. All right, yeah, let's hear it. Let's give it a listen. Why do you wear the mask? We wear the mask because we're nobody. We're just a nameless entity. And the best way for us to portray the music is not being about where we came from. It's about being about the music that we want to do. When we perform our art as a group, as a cult, that we would uh, remain, you know, faceless by putting on some things that uh, just changed our entities all, you know, all together. 
this sounds like kind of a cool idea. In the beginning, it was kind of a cool idea. And uh, after a while, it just developed into let's let the music speak for itself. And let's let people see what the music does to us inside. So we thought we'd take it to the next level. One guy showed up, put one on, and uh, the ideas just got sicker and sicker. Everybody came up with their own thing, and we just ran with it. The whole band makes it work. It's a family that way. I kind of get out of my gourd. I don't know. I don't think very properly when I got it on. It's a different outlook, and it's a different persona for each one of us. It just basically represents everything that I hate inside. And maybe it would be a little bit different if we weren't wearing the mask, but uh, we'd definitely be able to throw it down just as much if we weren't wearing it. So tell me more about the mask. I had gotten a version of this mask when I was 14, and I was just drawn to it, and it was awesome. And I just never knew why it was in my world, but it was always around me. And then one day, um, it just so happened, it was that moment of clarity to decide what I want to project. And I'm like being taught something more and more and more, and I haven't even figured it out yet. This thing has no fucking limits. And I love the fact that every mask was different because it represented a different person. It wasn't all linear and just kind of thrown together. Really felt like everyone had put a lot of time and thought into what they were doing. So when I did join, after some trial and error, I came to emboss that theory onto the mask that I was wearing, you know. The mask for me has always been that physical representation of the person inside me who just never had a voice. It allows me to be me, you know. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, you talk about that, that representation of the person on the inside, you know, I'm showing you more than I've ever revealed, you know. What happens if you don't wear the mask? You take this away, and it comes back to this. There are niceties, there are manners, there are morals, there are rules, there are all these things that go into life and just having to bump into other human beings, you know? When it comes to this, you know, all bets are off. And you can really let that animal off the chain as, as far as you really want to go. How do you know what you look like? I mean, we rely on mirrors and yeah. things like this, but you can't see outside your own nose. Yeah. You know, so we're all uncomfortable. With when you go to a mask store, what are you looking for? We're always looking for a better face. We're always looking to improve the eyebrows or, you know, whatever we do, all this crappy vanity, you know, we never just solidify the thought of who we are. And we're always looking. Is there anything you like to say to people who wear masks? Everyone who wears a mask, embrace it because you're not being somebody else, you're being yourself, you know? And the closer you can get to that middle, to getting to know that, that honesty is better for everybody because then you can actually be yourself. Hey, clown. Why do you get to have so many masks? And the outside explains the inside. Mask one, barely see the eyes, barely hear me. Creepy ass fucking clown. That clown will kill you. That clown doesn't think. That clown doesn't care. There's just something not right about it, and I think that's a little bit of the mentality of the band. It's just, it's just really not something right about it, you know what I mean? Second clown, don't talk to me. Not available. Not welcome. Get the fuck out of here. Look at my face. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want you around. I have nothing to say. 
This is how the world feels. I'm part of the world. Deal with it. Not a good clown, for sure. That clown was asked to never come back, actually, by certain people. Third clown, repairing. Repair from those two previous things. Those are animals. Third guy, coming back to life, few more ideas, some different shit, some healing, few more dances, few more colors, a lot more saturation, chill a little bit, but still that guy. Fourth clown, debauchery. I invent the evilest thing I possibly can put on my face. Constructed of leather, cop shades, a chrome Ming the Merciless hat, put it all together, can't see shit, can't breathe, can't, can't feel, can't do anything. Very painful. That was a personal pain. So do you have any hobbies? As we started doing photos, I took my photos in this abandoned school. Just outside the hallway, there's a sign that said, all hope is gone. Members of the band, you know, mainly Corey, I remember, saying that would be a great song title and probably even better album title. I hated it. What do you guys eat down here? I eat my own waste. Huh, you sure have a lot of CDs around here. Do you like CDs? You get a brand new CD, getting all through the, first of all, the plastic is just infuriating and confounding and you ripping and you get the corner, you think you get a corner and then it just, it flakes off like, it looks like Florida. That little flake looks like Florida. You tear it off and you finally get that and then all of a sudden you've got this seal that with this weird metallic and I'm, you're chewing it you, and then you, then you think, oh, you know what, I'll just open it up. I'll just open it up. No. You know what happens? You break the CD case, the jewel case falls apart, the little dually thing in the middle that looks like a 45 holder snaps and now all of a sudden your CD just swings like this the entire time that you own that CD. You know what I'll do? I'll, uh, you know, I'll bypass the case altogether and I'll put it in one of the sleeves. I'll get one of those big leather CD case sleeves. Well, you know what happens? The back of those things are all scratched up, so then your CD gets all scratched up. Can we not figure this out? 2008, they're cloning sheep. Can we not figure out the CD technology? You wonder why people are downloading is because they don't want to get through the and the DVDs are worse. Want to see these nuts? So yeah, that's that's all the uh, that's all the recording I got. Wow, being kidnapped. It came up pretty good. Yeah, right. I I thought that was a nice little interview I had with them. Sometimes you could hear them better than others. Yeah, I mean they they kind of they they walked away a little bit sometimes. They seemed frustrated. They seemed like they thought I don't know. It could just be I could be in my head, but I think they thought they had a better captor. I was kind of I might have been grilling them a little too much. Mm, yeah, were you kind of annoying? Yeah, I might have been. They might have been ready for to let me go. Uh, yeah. So did you did you ask them about why they wanted this information on Limp Biscuit or what else is going on? Like, uh, uh, no, I, I I don't know anything about that. I I just was curious about their masks. You see them? I was telling, I was talking about the masks about that they had. Yeah, they did have a lot of information about masks in there. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, all right, well, you seem a little, a little shook. P- perhaps we should watch uh, Turn on the Boob Tube. We can uh, 
I mean, you woke up just in time. It's uh, the thing we do all the time here. We watch Larry King. Oh, awesome. Larry King's on? Let's throw that on. Hey, maybe we can um, maybe maybe we can watch uh, that Daisy of Love sometime if we ever find those DVDs. Yeah, hopefully we find those DVDs sometime soon because I know that it's been a while since we promised that we we're going to watch those. Yeah, that'd be cool. But in the meantime, let's watch uh, Larry King. Ah, good old LK. Mm-hmm. You know what time it is. It's King time. <laughs> um, I understand that. Now, what band wears masks? Slip, uh, Slipknot does, yes. Stone Sour would never do that. Does not. No, no of no, course, no. there. Well, I've, I've dressed in drag once in Halloween, but that was as close as it came. Uh, let's see. Is this a mask you wear? Let's bring it in. Yeah, this is the new one. Yeah. Who designs these masks? I came up with Thank the concept. And, uh, and does the whole band wear different masks? Yeah, yeah, everybody has a different Put one. Put it on. Oh. Do you have a name for this mask? No, just, it's, uh, it hasn't you gotten sing to with it? where it smells. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that you have to kind of do, is you have to make sure that you can perform in it. Or, it, or if not, then it's like, what was the point of that? Are you, you performing know? Halloween? Oh, yeah. In Dallas. So it goes on like this. The buckle comes on like that. But the cool thing about this one is that there's a mask underneath the mask. Just like that. Uh-huh. So. That is considerably scary. <laughs> do you plan to do other nutty things? Well. Like the idea for masks, came, did it come up with a horror song, a particular song you were singing? No, no, you know, I mean, honestly, and, and like I said before, I mean, you know, I joined Slipknot afterwards, but they were wearing masks already. And the reason that they started wearing the masks was because it allowed them and it's allowed us to kind of let that animal off the chain, basically. It allowed it. us to kind of be free on stage. How much of the act do you wear it? Uh, uh, the whole thing, yeah. Wait a yeah we wear masks the entire show, yeah. I know That's a lot of Slipknot, bands. Slipknot, right? Yeah, a lot of bands, they'll come out and they'll wear it for part of it, and then they just they get rid of it. But we, from the minute we hit the stage to the minute the, the, the outro rolls, we're in the Are all different kinds of masks? Yeah, yeah. And how do people then identify you? They... Well, they know me from Stone Sour, because I don't wear a mask in Stone Sour. Um, but we have such dedicated fans that sometimes they get uh, they get a little like CIA on us, and they'll, they'll sneak pictures of us when we're not looking, and they'll put them up on the internet. Watch new episodes of Larry King Now, Monday through Thursday, on demand on Hulu and Aura.tv. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pepsi Boys, uh, the premier soda podcast. We are constantly innovating here at Pepsi HQ and we've decided to take a turn uh, and kind of return to the original format, okay? Uh, doing research is hard, believe me. Writing a, 
uh, podcast episode stinks. Uh, I'm doing it right now. Uh, hello, future Dean. I hope this doesn't suck shit. That was past Dean talking. Anyway, we at the Pepsi Boys are revolutionary. We will never stop changing and trying to deliver you the best goddamn show every week. This week, we're digging back into some strange soda history and learning things that aren't always learning that. Nah, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see okay so let's just talk you guys uh i i suck at reading we're definitely keeping that in there <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. we're keeping all yeah. this so gabe Les, how you guys doing introduce yourselves what's uh, up what's up dean how are you doing ah, i'm good i'm good how are you guys we we uh behind the scenes a little bit we we're talking about crypto or not crypto uh like stocks and crypto stocks. for about 15 minutes we were talking about stonks or whatever the cool meme guys are saying now. Less is a uh, less is is doing the best yeah. for sure. Less is a, a less is a titan of industry. I I am one hundred percent a non professional and would never give advice to anybody. Just for the record. <laughs> yeah, but you do understand the shit like nine hundred percent more than me. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I literally literally watched three videos. Yeah. Hey, that yep. that's yep. three more videos than I watched. Not, 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 not gonna plug them here, but I'll send them to you later because it's, right. it's a pretty pretty quick breakdown. Okay. Cool. Oh, hey, this is let this is less by the way. Okay. <laughs> the future of education is I watched three videos and now I'm an expert. It's in that same category as reading comprehension for sure. Like I'm I'm an idiot as a general rule. Yeah. But I, 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 know I, I know how to understand things that I read or like watch. Yeah. You know, like coming up with my own shit. Forget it, dude useless can't even do it you know i'm gonna watch a video on how to do a tracheotomy and let's see how that plays out hey you know what they're best done under pressure very much so yeah. if i know anything about yeah. uh, if i know anything about medical procedures from like you know tv it's always under pressure yeah a tracheotomy talk about a throat hit yes the ultimate throat hit <laughs> um well, you know, speaking of, of, of watching YouTube videos and, and being an expert in a subject, uh, we're talking about um, Pepsi's Navy, which is a thing that I've alluded to in the past because it's stuff I've come up, you know, just like sort of researching topics for the show. Um, and the Pepsi Navy has been something I'm like, I got to I got to dig into this and research more. And if I did just watch the first like two or three YouTube videos and read the first two or three articles, uh this episode would be very different really uh, than what it's going to be okay yeah this story takes place in the late 80s but we're going to start early and look into the soviet union's complex relationship with soda and as a result with capitalism okay so it's late 1940s world war ii is over the cold war is already brewing i mean it's already going on it takes no time for the u.s and the soviet nation's um relations to just sour without a common enemy so like after 1945 i mean we were already fucking at odds so there's a guy late 1940s named george yorgi zukov he really likes soda uh he's also essentially one of like five vice presidents of the ussr he's second in command uh to stalin he's one of their uh called marshals of the soviet union i feel like that's not gonna end well for yorgi uh actually you know what he he had a he had an okay time there, okay good I can tell. <laughs> uh, so zhukov he was friendly with allied generals and leaders because you know they were fighting you know they were working in world war ii against the germans so um also he soda. was actually you know buddied up with eisenhower 
Um, and Eisenhower was a big time Coke guy. Apparently, he was a, he loved Coca Cola. Just 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 for clarification, we're we talking the nose or we're we talking drinking. That's why I said Coca Cola, Gabe. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I, I I you know at that time I mean it's possible he was both. It's 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 the forties, man. Like everything's everything's happening, right? Yeah, I, I think Eisenhower is pretty like pretty straight edge, like pretty. I, as far as I know, he wasn't like the cool get president. Yeah, oh, okay. Um, we had to wait till. But we had to wait till Nixon to get a cool president. Well, yeah, yeah. Nixon will come up too here. Um, <laughs> so Zukov was crazy about Coca Cola. He he really really liked it. But there's a problem. You cannot import it to the USSR. It's an American capitalist whatever you want to call it, whatever bad words you want to ascribe to it. It's a, it's a product that's like forbidden. So what does Zhukov do? So Zhukov couldn't be seen drinking Coca-Cola, but he wanted it. So this is where, and there are going to be a lot of these with the USSR. This is the first like backroom infrastructure soda deal between the USSR and the U S. Um, so what eventually happened was the creation of white Coke, which is an unofficial, Small batch Coke product. So like Zukov loved Coke. He, wa- he wanted to drink it, but he could not be seen with it. So they essentially um, removed the car- the caramel color from Coca-Cola and sold it to Zhukov in like batches of like 50 bottles. And they were disguised as vodka bottles. So they were like those tall glass bottles uh, and they even had like a red star. They were totally free of like Coca-Cola branding. Um, but, you know, it, the Soviet Union was pretty strict about imports and things like that. But the, the Coca-Cola never stopped flowing to Zukov. What was the what was the what was the incentive to to do this for this man? Like, was it just because like he was buddies with Eisenhower or what was it like like? Yeah, Eisenhower called in favors. I mean, you know, I, I think that that even though the countries didn't get along on the whole, I think that people, you know, they had relationships and, and also I think that Coke and, you know, rightly realized that if you, if you've got like the fucking vice president hooked on your shit, then like, it's, it's only a matter of time before the rest of the country is going to want it too. And I mean, Russia marks a huge, and and all the satellites to the Soviet union at the time, like Mm -hmm. every fucking country in the Eastern Europe that was under its control, those were a huge market that they, that, Coke nor Pepsi could breach. Um, but the, the market was there, like the need, the want for Coke and Pepsi was there. You got to love a company that's just willing to suspend its, all its, uh, uh, its, its, its values with its American country just to make sure it sells some, some, not a lot, some Coke. Yeah. I mean, you know, so they bottled it in like Brussels. Uh, you know, it was all produced by like, coca-cola in europe but yeah i mean it was a it was a shady backroom deals that that led to white coke which you know sounds pretty cool yeah and zhukov you know he he, i think he had a pretty decent like political career i don't think anything bad happened to him so i i like kind of want this soda now this white coke oh yeah no i mean you know germany or um japan had like a a coke clear or something. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking no, at it right should, now. They should just call it white coke. White coke. Just oh yeah. Call yeah. It, just fucking call just it. Just you know? white coke. Yeah. They should oh, do for a, sure. They could do a. They could do a Narcos Netflix uh, 
uh, tie-in, just to re-release it with that <laughs> with Pablo Escobar. Whatever on the it front. takes, whatever it takes to get it funded. I want White Coke. <laughs> yeah, so I guess they had to like actually find a chemist to remove the caramel coloring because it you like it was you know the syrup that Coke distributed it's, it's, to it, Europe. Oh, I see. Like I see. it, it was already caramel colored, so they had to like neutralize that somehow. Bleach, uh, which I thought was interesting. Obviously, they, they couldn't just hit up the lab and be like. Could you maybe leave out the caramel coloring? Yeah, uh, yeah, on like, right. You know, few hundred thousand gallons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. you know, like we we know, Coca Cola supplied the syrup, and then each country supplied the the sugar and and the bottling. Um, so you know that syrup was already brown when it got there. So it's just an interesting thing that they had to you know really put in a lot of work. This is hilariously complicated. Just to give, I'm, I'm going back to this. Just to give this general some coke. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, it's totally crazy. I I haven't seen anything to say that this wasn't a very real thing. Um, you know, it's not a huge entry on Wikipedia or other websites, but uh, but it's there. It's totally there. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's. I think it was almost definitely a thing. Um. So, but getting into uh, the future here. Um, <laughs> the future. <laughs> so we're going to pivot from Coke and we're going to go to Pepsi. So there's so much misinformation about the Pepsi Navy. I think it probably didn't happen. I'm pissed off about it because it sounds so fucking cool. <laughs> but I really don't think that it happened at all. Um, but let's kind of look into the real story of Pepsi and Russia, because it is an interesting story. Uh, In the late 50s, the US and Russia held like a couple like, you know, series of like cultural exchanges, which essentially were like exhibitions where both countries showcase like unique and interesting exports, cultural ideologies, you know, what have you. Um, It's where like the um, Nixon and might have been, I don't think, no, it wasn't Gorbachev. Who the fuck was it? It was uh, Khrushchev, wasn't it? Yeah, Nixon and Khrushchev had, like, the kitchen debates or whatever. Yeah. Uh, from what you have seen of our exhibition, how do you think it is going to impress the people of the Soviet Union? It's a very effective exhibit, and uh, it's one that will cause a great deal of interest. I might say that this morning, I uh, very early in the morning went down to visit a market, and... Uh, uh, where the farmers from various outskirts of the city bring in their uh, items to sell. Uh, I can only say that there was a great deal of interest among uh, these people who were workers and farmers, etc. Uh, I would imagine that the exhibition from that standpoint uh, will therefore be a considerable success. Which, you know, was them like arguing about co- communism in like in front of a model kitchen of the United, like uh, to the model of what the kitchen of the United States looks like, like picture like early Ep- Epcot displays. Dean, real That's quick, what, real yeah. quick. I, I just typed in, I typed in Nixon into Google and then I typed in, uh-huh. I started to spell Khrushchev and you want to know the, I, I didn't even get to, I didn't get to Khrushchev. I put K H and you want to know what the first thing that popped up in Google? Nixon Khrushchev Pepsi. Yes, it's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So, while they were arguing... PepsiCo Executive Committee Chairman Donald Kendall, one man with years of experience doing business with the Soviets. Basically snuck himself to this exhibition and brought a bunch of Pepsi to show. Like, it wasn't like a, a 
a huge corporate decision to bring Pepsi to the USSR at first. It was like this, this guy who was like, I'm going to fucking do this. And, and like, again, that might be apocryphal too, because we love a, a good, like bootstraps type of story. But from, <laughs> from everything I've read, this guy just sort of was like, I'm going to go to Russia and like, try to make, try to get Khrushchev to drink Pepsi on camera. So it was, uh, oh, so it was, you wanted to get into, it wasn't like they invented like diet Pepsi. And so he rolled onto a boat with a six pack. No. Okay. Yeah, no. I mean, he, you know, he had like some support of the company to okay. go out there. Okay. Um, and he was like fairly big in the company, you know, no, nothing major, but I think he eventually like turned that into being uh, like the, the go between, between like Russia and, and the U S and like the rest of Europe. Uh, with Pepsi. Um, but, you know, he managed to hand uh, Khrushchev a Pepsi, like in the middle of this debate where people were, t- you know, journalists were taking photographs like fucking crazy. Uh, and there's a, you know, there's a very famous picture of Khrushchev drinking a cup of Pepsi uh, with Nixon. And that kind of was massive. Like that was the, biggest blow to coca-cola that pepsi had had ever delivered was getting that just into the hands of khrushchev um you know and and russia had a need for soda like there it's not like there wasn't soda in russia uh and in the in the rest of the soviet union you know there were but there wasn't really a cola there's only about like there's only one cola i could find it's called like by baikal which I think was was made in, yeah, in Russia. It's, so it's like a, it's like a, it's like kind of like cola, but it also has like black tea extract, um, St. John's wort, wort. So it's like that very medicinal sort of old school taste. By this time, Pepsi and, and Coke were just like the sugary deliciousness that we know them as today. So there, there, you know, and there were other drinks too, but I, I kind of think that they were probably on par with like what um, Nazi Fanta was. Probably better because there were just different options. Um, I, I got to say, know, mostly like citrus or tea sodas, well, not really any colas. I, I got to say, this looks better than Fanta already, and like I've never had. Michael? Yeah, it just it looks already better. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you can't even see what Nazi Fanta looked like. There's no <laughs> image of it that I could find. Uh. Um, there's, you know, there's like grana in it. So I feel like that Baikal was, you know, it was, it just wasn't the sugary, delicious drink that Coke or Pepsi would have been. Honestly, it probably tastes um, like Red Bull, like right now. You know what I mean? I I think it probably tasted more in line with like a moxie or something like that. Yeah. I think it oh, was root beer or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, but probably less good than moxie. Um, but anyway, so now Pepsi made a major inroad to Russia and the Soviet union, but it wasn't an overnight success. Slowly and surely Pepsi seemed to be winning the cola war. And what better for a cola war than a fleet of decommissioned Soviet battleships, frigates and subs. That's <laughs> exciting. I mean, the so the story that we're going to get to is that they they had 17 they got 17 decommissioned soviet submarines as well as like battleships frigates uh <laughs> stuff like that pep wild <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah that's wild yeah keep going i i don't understand also like this is something that like richard branson would have done you know what i mean oh yeah like yeah, i'm yeah, super yeah. sad that he's definitely didn't have like a 
you know, he has that military vibe with the, the tank and Times Square. And... <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, so Pepsi didn't officially make its arrival into the USSR until 1972. But when it did, it was met with a lot of praise. Pepsi was the first foreign product to be sold in the USSR. Not the first American product, not the first soda, not the first capitalist produced product, the first foreign product to wow. be sold in the USSR. Now that's that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, it's amazing. After like literally 50 years of cultural isolationism, uh, Pepsi broke into Russia. And it didn't take long before demand in Russia and the Soviet satellites grew and grew. Factories were established in the USSR, uh, you know, within the next year. But then the deal met a barrier because the Soviet ruble, the Soviet ruble was a closed currency. Um, it had no value outside of the USSR. Um, and you you can't. There was nothing to pay Pepsi uh pretty quickly there you know russia didn't have a ton of money that they could do deals with other countries this is real this is a real Qui-Gon Jin wado situation right absolutely yeah <laughs> come on <laughs> phantom menace nobody what did what did Qui-Gon Jin how is he gonna pay for all of this i have twenty thousand republic dictaries republic credits Republic credits are no good out here. I need something more real. I don't have anything else, but credits will do fine. No, they won't. Credits will do fine. No, they won't. What, you think you're some kind of Jedi waving your hand around like that? I'm a Tidarian. My tricks don't work on me. Only money. No money, no parts. And, no and Waddle's like, that doesn't work. Only money. That's yeah, what he says. Yeah. <laughs> the famous, uh, famous line. words uh, that that echoed around the world, Dean. I'm sorry. You know, you're right. Yeah. The, the prequels are very good. <laughs> and then, and uh, then, and then, instead of he just, you know, he just bet on the life of a little boy and and, and lady. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a smart thing to do. Yeah. Watto should have been killed. He was a slave holder. Fuck Watto. <laughs> To to overcome this this Dude, barrier, we, uh, yeah, you know what? We just lost like three quarter of our listeners on that one thing. So <laughs> I might cut I that out. That Watto should be killed. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, know your audience, bro. Yeah, I know. Watto sucks. <laughs> wow, that's that's a hot take. I like the, I dig, like the prequels. I don't like dig Watto. Digging. Yeah. So anyway. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that that you shouldn't assume that not all people like water because you know i don't assume anything too. okay well, i just personally uh, Watto ain't for me man okay and, and that's and you know we're not yeah, I mean, as long as you're not speaking for the pod yeah no 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 this is you a know? dean stance this okay is only okay so this thing. is like this is like the root beer float thing this is like yeah. all, all of okay. dean's hot takes this dean... is like some of my other dipshit takes that no one likes but i mean water oh, no, should I'm, be i i i i appreciate that you have takes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back to the, the Soviet ruble. Um, <laughs> back to the Pepsi Soviet needed, ruble. Pepsi needed money. Sorry, was that a tangent? That's fine. I okay. We need tangents, um, okay. especially those about prequels, because I think that gets us like 90% of our traffic. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure that this will get, this is the only thing that people will call us about if they're ever going to call us. Uh, <laughs> so, Watto. you know, Gabe, maybe put in the number here. Yeah, right. <laughs> 402-706-SODA, I believe. Uh, yeah, shout out South Dakota. North Dakota, one of those. 
Yeah, so yeah. Uh, give us a call. Tell me how Watto sh- should like have fucked or something and been more prominent. <laughs> you know, I'm, sure, I'm sure you fucking freaks just have all kinds of shit. Uh, you know, I think I think what the fans are really waiting for is more Soviet ruble talk. Yeah, back to the rubles. Mm-hmm. Um, so since they they couldn't trade in money, they brokered a deal in what else but vodka. Uh, yeah, wow. actually vodka. So wow. Stolich Naya vodka was now distributed in the U.S. by Pepsi. Um, so Pepsi got like the United States distribution rights to Stolich Naya, which Good was Lord. a pretty popular Russian vodka. I think it still is. It's still popular. it's like the it's like the year nineteen, and that's what's sitting in the middle of the 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 room while people are doing shots in college. Like that's all I think about. I never think about Stolich Naya except for that. So, you know, this deal worked for a while, uh, but then the issue came back again. You know, vodka sales in the U.S. were good, but they weren't Pepsi in the USSR good. It just didn't even out. There was no, it didn't equal one or the other. So here in the late 80s is where the Navy shit happens. Um, And here's like the cool, probably not true story. Pepsi needed money and Russia had a fleet of submarines and other naval vessels from recent years that were ready to be scrapped. The plan was for Pepsi to take these vessels, sail them to <laughs> India or Sweden. The details are foggy about that. <laughs> vastly different places on vastly different yeah. parts of the map. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I saw it, it, different people, different articles saying they scrapped them in India, they scrapped them in Sweden. And this is this honestly, this detail where it forked into like just completely different territory and no one was like, they probably did it here. They were like, this is where it happened was where I'm like, this is all bullshit. (laughs) Um, Like. So. And then they were going to pocket the money from the scrapping. Um, So some said that Pepsi would control the sixth largest Navy in the world, a figure that in itself with these numbers considered 17 submarines and like a battleship and all that stuff um, is very contentious. I saw a lot of people saying that it was actually the fourth in terms of like submarine power because 17 submarines, I think is a decent amount even in, you know, in any term, but, but in terms of like Navy, it was not, this wouldn't have even been close to sixth place. Um, Who knows? We don't, and we probably won't ever know because it probably didn't happen. There's no record of a transaction like this happening. What what um, year would have this have been? Uh, 1989. 89. Okay. So like like I, I suppose most likely they would have had to disclose this in earnings somewhere. Yes. Right. Yes. Um. So this idea was truly floated. Like this was put out there and seriously considered. There is there is definitely evidence about that. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, se- like, I'm seriously considering it right now. Like, how do I get my hands on this Navy? <laughs> yeah, well, have $3 billion worth of, of sugary soda to trade with uh, a monolith that is the Soviet Union, and, and you might have yourself a Navy. But um, it the, I can't find any evidence it happened, truly no evidence. I can find some evidence that the United States government was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, you know, when they heard about this, like either before, like as it was being discussed or after the fact, that's not super clear, but there's no truly nothing to say that this is that Pepsi 
uh, drove a bunch of ships and scrapped them uh, and, and took the money. Um, which is sad which is because sad. it would be cool to think of just a bunch of like frigate captains, like people who usually sailed like, you know, on the big uh, cargo ships, like being like, oh, well, I guess I have to take this battleship to India. Yeah. Like, um, Not to mention but, a, a flipping submarine. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to hire what, like X submarine captains because submarine wouldn't be an easy thing <laughs> no and also um, the crew that'd be hilarious uh yeah um so i mean you know considering all that and considering that when i look at the evidence uh and research by people who aren't just like clickbait sites or business insider are you fucking kidding me business insider uh your article says that this happened and you're business insider, so fuck you. We are smarter than you at the Pepsi boys. Um, but this leads me all to speculate that Pepsi and the Russians made a much more realistic deal uh, with money. You know, possibly the money was gained from a, a sale of ships like this, uh, but Pepsi was not the intermediary. Pepsi did not uh, have a fleet of Russian ships. So the fall of the USSR was in... Was in the, the mm, was, yes, was in the was, oh you're getting there okay sorry yeah yeah no no that's fine um yeah th- so uh there are some ships involved in this deal and this may be where wires get crossed and people start saying like random bullshit about submarines Pepsi was allowed to use like Russian cargo ships to deliver stock like this occurred okay um like you know they needed so much Pepsi that a lot of some cargo ships coming into the USSR um, were mostly a Pepsi cargo ship. That's about as like real as this would get. Like it wasn't like it was a ship that had the Pepsi logo on it. Uh, they just imported a lot of Pepsi. But anyway, a year later in 1990, Pepsi brokered a $3 billion deal with the USSR to keep making and distributing Pepsi Union. Uh, and this additionally would introduce Pizza Hut to the USSR. Um, Pizza Hut was a chain that like Pepsi at the time was owning. I think. I think now it's like Yum Brands. It yeah, I think so too. Again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Soviet Union dissolved shortly thereafter in 1991. Mm-hmm. So only one Pizza Hut made it into the USSR. <laughs> oh. One Pizza Hut was opened in Red Square uh, in Russia. It, a Soviet Pizza Hut. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah. then uh, Gorbachev would appear in uh, what many argue is the weirdest celebrity cameo commercial. Um, he was in a Pizza Hut commercial in Russia. Uh, Gorbachev, former leader of the Soviet Union, like in the 2000s, I think. Gorbachev was just randomly in a Pizza Hut commercial. Oh, my God. Uh, I need to find this now. Pretty interesting. Is it really? Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all in Russian, so it won't sound that interesting. Um, but yeah, that's the story of the Pepsi Navy. Perhaps wow. a bit anticlimactic, but... I, I want the alternate re- I want the alternate reality where, where like, you know, you, you, again, like the cyberpunk genre where, like, corporations have their own military and go to war with each other. Like, I want that, that alternate history in 1991 that, like, 
um, you know, Pepsi's sailing all these ships. They get a bunch of armaments, and then they just roll over to Georgia and just start taking over and go to war with Coke, just right on the thing. That'd be uh, that. That's the that's the cyberpunk fan fiction that I want. Oh yeah, yeah. Pepsi could have just like nuked Atlanta off the coast and like won if they if they had a navy. You know, um, I don't think that would have ever happened but in in your in your uh alternate history novel that can definitely happen gabe so for the Pepsi boys i would like to thank you guys so much for listening uh you can find us at the Pepsi boys on twitter uh i am at mr eman 69 and i'm gabe i'm at megusto carne hey less and i'm at widowmaker 1138 twitch and twitter dean have you yeah. had a root beer yet Root beer float. Have you had a root beer float? Um, no. <laughs>